Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliostapes and Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by Northumberland-based photographer David Southern. Good, morning, good evening, David, even. Uh, good evening, and uh, how are you? I'm not bad, thanks. It's Wednesday night, so we're, we're currently halfway through the week. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think we're well into autumn, though. There's been a lot of rain in Glasgow this week, but, uh, hey, oh, nothing new there. Are you keeping well yourself? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, and thank you for inviting me along. That's it's, nope. it's great to to be to come along and have a chat with you. Um, as you say, autumn is in the air, beginning September. You know, and this is the time where we all must go out with our cameras, I suppose. Well, that's it. Most most certainly, mine has been packed away for most of the summer for a little holiday, but it's always quite nice to come back quite refreshed and maybe geared up for it and uh, hopefully a decent winter or decent autumn as well. But um, we'll see. We'll see how the weather continues on. Um, but thanks for joining me this evening to obviously talk about your book, Shoreline. Um, but before we get into talking about your book, uh, David, it'd be great if you could give everyone a brief introduction to your photographic background and journey. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, I um, I was quite late coming to photography. I think I, I first picked up a camera at university. I did manage to do a semester on um, astronomy and one of the aspects of that course was to um, take pictures of the moon right so um my and what i did was um borrowed the college camera and, and went off taking photographs uh, this was in southeast london uh, in in the 80s in, in deptford in fact and deptford wasn't the kind of cool high street it is these days <laughs> it was um it was quite raw. There was a lot of tension in the air, quite a lot of anger, um, some some uh, racial issues, um, certainly a lot of poverty at the time. So it was great walking around as as a as a student, just taking pictures of of, of people and, and effort at the time. Unfortunately, all those photographs uh, were lost subsequently. But I would love to have gone back to them and, and yeah. see what they're like. And it, I, I learned a lot at that point. Um, in terms of you know, de developing, it was a manual SLR camera at the time, so it, it really grounded me in the basics of photography. And then um, I went travelling for a few years. I didn't have a camera with me. I was always taking snapshots in my mind's eye, uh, which I can still recall. Yep. And I hope one day we'll be able to print from those. Yeah. Maybe the technology will be there. Who knows? Yep. Um, and and then. And then I bought myself my first second-hand uh, SLR, taught myself photography, did a lot of travel photography in the early days, cool. was quite inspired by by um, many um, travel photographers, um, and then gradually adopted it more of a full-time hobby. And um, four years ago, I, I gave up my um, first career and I've embarked from photography full-time now, uh, which is my, my second career. So I'm a full-time photographer. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, it sounds like you've had a, quite a fascinating journey. And, we just, and it's always really interesting to hear people maybe come to photography early or come to photography late in, late in life and just and just the different interests and different things that actually bring people to it. And then they maybe go full circle to end up doing something very different in terms of the subject matter than what they originally set out to photograph i suppose and you're obviously focused very much on north northumberland landscape landscape seascape but your your the book that you really pub first published is shoreline which really focuses very much i suppose on in the intimate nature of the northumberland landscape 
Yeah, well, I was I was brought up um, on the World Peninsula, so we're surrounded by salt water on three sides. Yeah. And I come from a, a family background uh, where a lot of um, my 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 family on my father's side were seamen. They went, they were merchant seamen. So we've we've always had an affinity with the sea. So it was a natural progression for me to um, to move back. To the coast, to, to, to the coast, uh, at, at the kind of earliest opportunity I could do so after having a career in um, IT and being based in southeast of in southeast of England. Um, so it was it was as I say it was natural to to migrate as close to seawater as I could. Yeah, and I'm on the coast just about every day I can. Yeah, it must it must be fan, fat, fantastic to be able to just yeah look out the window and just see exactly what the conditions are like. And then a strip of a heartbeat, just to say, right, that's fine. I'm going to go down and and make some new, make some new work, or just just enjoy the the sunrise in the morning on the coast, which, as I've seen to you before we started, it involves a bit of a journey for me. Um, and you could be travelling for an hour and a half, and then turn up, and the conditions aren't what the conditions said they were were going to be. And it's a it's a it's a long journey back home after a bit of breakfast. Yeah, I I count my blessings. Um, I really do every day that. I can stand on the coast in the morning and some mornings like today I, I went to the coast I took my camera equipment down to the coast and it, the camera the camera didn't actually leave the bag so yeah that's the beauty of where I live you know it's not <clears throat> that's fine you know yeah. uh, conditions inspiration wasn't there whatever but it was still a wonderful experience just to be there but as I say as you say you know some mornings I can get up I can look out the window if there's a if if it's if it the light's going to be good, I'll just leave the house and and off I go. You know, tripod and camera and, and come back yeah. when I'm wet and hungry. Best way. And so in terms in terms of the book, obviously you've been shooting the bigger landscapes, a bit of wildlife and and the more intimate landscape as well. What kind of where, where did the idea come for the project focused on on really the intimate intimate shoreline? It was a slow progression when I. Th- first moved to Northumberland, I was inspired like many people who visit this area by, you know, the vast um, coastal um, panoramas and the, and the castles perched on the edge of cliffs and things. Um, and I soon sort of got those out of my system and thought, actually, you know, these have been photographed many, many thousands of times and photographed really, really well. And to do something a little different will yeah. require some absolutely incredible um meteorological conditions or or light um and more and more i began to look a little closer to where i was standing at my feet and thought actually the geology um of this coastline is fantastic and 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 has this fantastic variety of sandstones and dolerites and different rocks um different stages of erosion um so I, I sort of photographed that and then it just built up, built up from there. And I started to see more and more every time I went out because conditions change yeah. um, constantly. We can have a, a strong southerly wind, which will um, reveal a, a bunch of rocks that haven't been I haven't seen before in four years yeah. or, a, or the remains of a wreck at low tide that's been covered in sand for ten, tens of years, tens of thousands of years in some cases. And, and you know, it's always a changing environment, so there's always something more to see um, in the intimate landscape. And um, I've just been doing a project this summer, actually photographing um, the intertidal zone between high tide and low tide, the spring tides, rather than 
photograph the length of the coast. You're yep. actually photographing the breadth of the of the beach. Yes. And that's been that's been a really revealing project this summer. Yeah, it's, it sounds really interesting in terms of, yeah, looking at it from a very different perspective. Most people focus about, as you say, the length of the coastline, whereas actually to focus, focus the depth um, will, will be quite interesting and it must reveal very different things. And you made a very good point in terms of, particularly when you're fo- photographing the coast, with the, with the, with the, with the weather conditions, um, it reveals something different every single after every single high tide it, the, the whole landscape really does be, or can begin to change and um, i think it's i think it's a really interesting interesting thing to look at yeah and people people say oh can ask me if i can do workshops on on the rocks and i say well they're so different from when i took those pictures yeah i had to go back to the same place dozens and dozens of times in different different conditions different light um different seasons because in, in in the summer, you know, many of these rocks that are photographed are, are green, they're covered in algae, and um, and then you need some winter storms to scour them and some cold, wet weather to get to clean them up again. So it's constantly changing. Um, it's the seaweeds in the summer that fascinate me most, but and in the winter time, I'll I'll go back to the the, the more uh, to the um, to the uh, geology of yep. the coast and focus on that a lot more, and the sand as well, which is another. Um, subject that um, I'm always yeah, and 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 I suppose how 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 did you? What's kind of the narrative and the story you're trying to tell through the book? I know it's it's kind of subdivided into slightly different sections and different thematics around it. Just interested to know how how you kind of what what the thoughts were behind that. Well, I I wanted to do a, a book for a long time, right? I didn't have a collection that really. Um, fitted together in a, in a single theme so and i wasn't i really didn't want to publish a, a kind of best of because it would be a very scattergun approach to photography yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't hold together and um, so as soon as i'd started to build up um a collection of images that i thought were of sufficient quality and interest um then i started saying actually these this could be this this could end up in in, in a book yeah. as, as soon as I get um, a sufficient number of images and 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 what what is what and I asked myself the question you know what 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 can I say about these apart from it's a rock you know what's yeah. what's the story behind each one where's the interest I do quite a few presentations and I always prepare the presentations and say to myself what can I say about that image? You know, yeah. it's like a wildlife image of a bird. If you can only give give that image the title of the animal, maybe it's not that interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the same as my approach to taking pictures of the ge- geology. If I can't see something there other than just a coastal piece of rock, rock you know, it does it work as an interesting image is it going to hold anyone's attention is there an emotional connection with it you know yep. and they're all the things that I, I looked at in the individual images and as i say once it became um a, a body of work that would sit together um uh w- with enough material to put together as a book then then fun started 
Yeah, and and in terms of obviously shooting for the work, I'm 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 going to guess that you probably built up a fair number of images around the different themes to begin with. Were you then finding yourself going out and and specifically looking for sorts of images that would work well together with what you'd already shot, or or certain certain topics and areas that you were keen to to add to add to the body of work to to help you tell that story? Absolutely, and um, that, that's a really good question. Um, I, I've got some friends that live up the coast and I say, you're my agent. Tell me when these rocks get revealed after the storm, yeah. you know, and I'll be right up there. Yeah. <laughs> or, and I, I, you know, I studied you know, every detail on, on the OS map to see where there might be some interesting geology revealed at certain times on spring tides and things. And of course, I, I, I think I probably know every single rock and pebble between Walkworth and Eric, you know, yes. every day I'm out with my camera um, looking for stuff and how it evolves and changes. So I had a body of work and then wanted to add to it. So the the the, the rocks and the geology side of it sort of came first. Yep. And then I thought, actually, I want to um, increase the scope a bit. And I did think, because I've done a lot of seabird photography on the coast, and I thought, should I add a section on seabirds? I thought, actually, no, um, that's a that's a kind of separate subject a wildlife issue there's one there's one picture of seabirds but it's yeah. also a geological um I- I- image as well um and i added the seaweed because i had a big body of seaweed and, and that's expanded since i published the book yeah yeah it's, it's great i really like i really like the combination of the work the tones and the patterns and textures are fantastic as well mm-hmm. um i like i like so many of just the shapes that you you can begin to see but and the combinations between the different rocks interestingly i think there's only maybe two black and white pictures in the whole book i think so it's, it's just interesting to it'd have been interesting to see maybe how maybe some of the other images worked as black and white but i think so much of it is based on on the colors and and based on 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 the rocks which are, you might not get the same emotional connection if if it's if it's then been been put in black and white but i i, I like the i like how you've introduced some of the the wider vistas as well to help break down and just just to separate i suppose the the, the sequencing yeah, and and the wider vistas were to to add some context as well. Yeah, you know that was probably the, the main reason in the driver button. I wanted to add those for context, but also not stray too far from the theme of of, of the intimate landscapes. And um, but you're right about the colour. Um, the colour really is is uh, really informs the image and the emotional connection we might have with it you know there's there's yeah. cool images there's warmer images mm-hmm. there's water flowing over rocks and 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 the color is part of the compositional element for me um i i love color i love i love black and white images as well but i think they would have lost they would have been much more just about texture and pattern and shapes yes and i wanted to bring in the color just to add that extra element and interest because these 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 rocks are um, in the right light you know, they're incredible. I took a friend out photographing early in the year and um, I said to him, you know, it was before sunrise and we got to a part on the beach and I said, look, see those rocks there, those those kind of grey things in, you know, in silhouette against a rising sun. So I said, the sun will hit that rock for a couple of minutes and it'll be magic and it'll be gold. It'll be the biggest gold nugget you could ever imagine. And it lasts two minutes. So let's get set up. Blah, blah, blah. And the sun rose, the sun hit this rock, and we had this amazing display 
Yeah. And once it was, once the sun was three degrees high in the, in, in the horizon, that richness had been lost at all. And it was a, it was a, yeah. it was a black rock sitting on the beach. And actually, there's an image in in the book called Inca Gold, which was in that very um, place, I think. Um. So, so that's why I wanted to include the color because it is part of the, yeah. very much part of the compositional impact I wanted to, um, yeah. employ within the within each image. Absolutely, and, and you, just when you talk about, as you say, the, the the short periods of time where the light might be hitting particular rocks or particular formations, it, it must add a different dimension in terms of your ability to work within a very short period of time. If if you're if you are photographing specific areas of the coast, yeah, um, it does. You know, sometimes you know, I'll set the alarm for five a.m. I'll get in position. Um, ready for sunrise i you know i i, I use a, an app that tells me exactly yeah. where the i do know now where the sunrise is almost yeah. every day of the year um and i'll all get set up in position pour myself a, a cup of peppermint tea and and wait for the magic to happen sometimes the magic doesn't happen you know yes, yeah. i mean does you get to, you get two minutes of magic where you work frantically you know in a heart-stopping few moments and then you think that's it in camera and those two minutes have been incredible. And I know I will go back to those images maybe in two years' time because yeah. that magic might never happen again in that right place at the right time, you know, with the lighting and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very exciting. You know, taking pictures of rocks is, is exciting. And it's like wildlife. You've got to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, that's that's a minute too late, and 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 it's gone for the day, and you have to wait until have to wait until the following morning or following evening to to capture what you wanted. And I suppose over the time, you must by going out and shooting these addition, additional work for the book, you must have built up quite quite a collection of images over a number of themes and topics. How how did you approach your curation process for the book? Um, well, one of the things I decided on really early is that. Some photo books actually tend to drop off a little bit in qualities you get towards the end of the book. So I very much said this will only be as long, you know, there'll only be as many pages as I have images that really yep. will pass my own personal test in terms of quality and interest. And if somebody picks up the book and turns over the last page, I want them to be as impressed with that image as they will on the first page. Yeah. So I had... Um, many many images and it took me probably three or four months to curate them and take some things out and put some things in yeah. I also went back to a few places as well and said you know can I do that's that's the that's the composition I want can yeah. I do it better yeah um so that that took um that, that took a few months to kind of put that together it was a really enjoyable um time actually you know sequencing the images where I almost wanted to tell a story and have maximum impact in terms of how the book yeah. reads. Absolutely. And did you find there was, did you find any particular challenges in sequencing either sections of the book or little sets of the book? Because it can be quite challenging one tonally to get things, but subject matter as well to just to get the flow right and 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 keep and keep keep the story and keep the attention. Yes, uh, you know, sometimes you you can have quiet images, and then you know I was quite conscious to then put something to almost grab the attention again, you know, yeah. um, and 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 then and then maybe work work through through that theme. So, for example, 
um, we've got a number of images and rocks. And I wanted actually before people say, oh, it's another, turn the page over, it's another rock. Actually, no, this is kelp. And yeah. then we'll go through that theme and then we'll go through the shells on the beach perhaps or, or something different or we'll include something with a bit more movement. So I wanted to keep that sort of constant, you know, gracious, gracious hits. Yeah. You know, it's like going to a concert, you know, where everyone plays their new Perfect. stuff, and their new album and, and and everyone goes off to the bar. Well, I, I, I wanted to avoid that. You yeah. know, this was going to be all the number ones <laughs> all the way through. Well, that that's it. <coughs> Excuse me. It's part. It's part of the challenge, and as you say, it's it's getting the right balance of of number of images so that um, you the you retain the attention and the interest from the viewer as well. Because I think quite often you see books that have got maybe a couple of hundred pages, and you think great subject, great set of images, but maybe just a few images too many. So it's always a challenge, and it's always interesting for me to to speak to people and, and hear how, how they get on when they're faced with trying to cut out their favourite image from the book because they know that it just doesn't work. De de forgetting how determined they are to get it into the book. Did you find any instances of that where you were where you were chopping out something that you were you really liked but just because it didn't fit? Yeah, um, there are dozens that I've since put on um, social media yeah. that didn't go with the flow, which I would have liked to. But, if, if, you know, being a, a person of a certain age, it's like, why produce a double album when you can have a single album of really, really better yeah. quality music? How many double albums have you ever listened to where you think, actually, side three is just filler? Well, I was avoiding that double album syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that well, that that's it, and I think it's always a challenge, and it's one that I think everyone approaches slightly differently. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, there's there's no right or wrong, but uh, interesting to hear your experiences. And I suppose when it when it came to when it came to publishing an actual physical element, because for me, books are they're tactile objects, and it's not just okay. It's a a lot of it's about the, about the images in it, but. It's not just solely about that. You can have great books with wonderful images, but they're maybe the wrong size or the paper quality that's been selected doesn't really do the work justice. So I'm interested to hear just how you approach that and, and where your decisions came in terms of what what choices you made. Um, well, in, in, in terms of paper, I I approached um, a couple of printers because the book self-published, as you mentioned, yep. and I approached a number of printers and I got samples of the paper and I kind of wanted the best quality paper because, yep. you know, I, I, I wasn't, when you're self-publishing a book, it, it's, it costs a lot of money. And I didn't want to look back. I didn't want to publish it. And six months later and say, Oh, if only I'd spent X amount more and the paper quality would have been so much better. I wasn't prepared. Yep. To, so I got the best quality paper for the, the for the printer I'd selected. First yep. of all, um, I chose the format simply because it seemed to work with many of my images are, are cropped and they're not really a, a, a standard size. size some, yeah. portrait, some are um, landscape as well. So I wanted a size that that um, showed off the images to the extent where you, the, the detail, where yes. they still had some impact. Yeah. Uh, but they weren't too big. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't too, too, too big a volume. Um, so that was kind of my approach, and I learned uh, um, InDesign. Um, All right, yeah. To, to put it together, to 
which was an interesting uh, <laughs> exercise in itself, which I, I quite enjoyed as well. And probably, I think the the the, the biggest challenge was the writing. Um, there is some writing in the book. There's yep. the forward and there's the end piece, and there's a couple of little bits in between. And I, I love writing, um, but I've not done a lot of it. Um, I have done a few articles since then for magazines and things, but I really, I really enjoyed the writing. But that was a labour of love, and that took a long time, and I had to go through that many, many times to get the writing right. And one of the bits of feedback I have had about the book is they said some people have said. I really enjoyed the writing in it. Yeah. I'd like to see it a bit more, which yeah. is a not negative feedback. For me, that's a compliment. Yeah. Well, that's it. I think I speak to a lot of people and everyone's view on, on levels of writing in books are is very different. Some like a lot. Some don't like much at all. Some people like it at the beginning. Some people like it at the end. Some people have bits and quotes and paragraphs all the way through it. So I don't, there's certainly no right or wrong way to do it, but it's always interesting just because I think the writing for your book adds, adds quite a bit of context and, and sets a bit of the emotional connection that you have with the images that, that you're trying to convey onto the viewer. Yeah, certainly it was so I certainly wanted to get that context and the story but it, it yeah. tells the story behind the if you like, I'll, I'll call it the struggle to get the images, but it certainly wasn't yeah. struggle as a label though. Um and so I, I just wanted to intersperse the that between the chapters as well, the chapter that goes from, from rocks to, to the seaweed chapter and the bit that then goes on to the sand and just talk a bit a little bit about my approach to 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 to, to those to catching those themes. Yeah. Um, and and I think Personally, I think I think I was quite happy with what we ended up with four or five different uh, narrative pieces within within yeah. itself. Yeah, I I, th I think the narrative pieces work well. They they come at the right point and they help just move from one section to another, which kind of keep keeps the natural flow going as well. Thank you. Yeah, and the titles titles was was really enjoyable. Um, I like to look at the image myself and just um it, it just just sort of almost have a little play on words or 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 plant something in the viewer's imagination that they may extend from so putting the titles together for the images i really i, I really enjoyed that yeah yeah i think i think it's always it's always interesting i know some people some people like to name all their images individually. Some do it in different formats. Some people don't name their images at all. And but I think, yeah, as you say, if you can get the titles right that actually work well for the image, it it just leaves a it gives a bit of an indication for the viewer and it, it lets them use their own imagination maybe to a different extent than they would do if it was if it was totally un, untitled. Yeah, and some some of the some of the titles are a little bit playful as well. I kind yep. of wanted to, you know, some are actually um might be song titles yeah. might be um something from a movie perhaps and just just kind of um just trigger something in the viewer's imagination where it might take them to somewhere different and one of the some of the lovely feedback i've had is people have said to me oh i've looked at that image and i've seen this you know i've seen this yeah. figure or i've seen a ghost here and it's something i've not seen for yeah. me that's been that's really successful you know yeah. if i'm triggering something um, in somebody else's imagination that I haven't even seen myself I think great that for, for me that spells success yeah. I'm very flattered yeah. by it yeah absolutely a lot of it's for leaving leaving viewers to to look at it with their own imagination their own approach without necessarily 
knowing too much about what it is they're looking at and let them come to their own opinion and form their own view on what it is they're what it is they're looking at or what they might see within the image and I think yes, when it's done well, it's always done very successfully as well, and it creates a different experience and a, and a different, uh, um, a, yeah, just a, a bit of a different, yeah, a different experience for the, for the viewer. Yeah, it's about you know that bit bits of silence really. Yeah, giving people that space in which to um, move into themselves really. Yeah, and um, have you have you found have you found making the book has been a positive experience on your on your on your photo photography in general? Do you think it's maybe something you would do in future? Not necessarily the same size scale book, maybe bigger, might be smaller, but just interesting to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I've, I I enjoyed the experience more than I thought I would. Right. Because uh, a lot of people have said to me, oh, self-publishing, you know, yep. it's got to be, hey, it's tough, you know, and all the rest of it. But I've enjoyed it from from the beginning, designing the book myself, learning um, the program to put it together, um, the the um, response I get from the people who printed it was really positive. But yep. um, that, that worked really well. Um, the... You know, I got you know hard copy proof obviously before I printed, and when I got the hard copy proof, I was really nervous because you know, <laughs> seeing your work in printing is such an exact science, and yeah. I I'm no expert in, in printing, um, so to hand that over to somebody else to do um, was kind of a warning time. But I got the hard copy proof back, and you know I said, wow, you know, I'm really pleased with the quality of what's come through. Um, so that was quite good, and I made some little tweaks and some little changes after hard copy proof, and took a few images out that hadn't worked so well. Yeah. Uh, resized a few images that were actually um, too big or too small because you know size really yeah. um, depends on the impact and how you read the image. I think so. I made those kind of little changes, and then and then um, fired off to to get the full. Um, print one yeah well that's it. It, sh- it shows you the importance and the benefit of having a, a a foolproof copy because as you say it's if you're printing your own work at home you've got total control you can print it a million times until you get it to look exactly as you want it and it just costs you another piece of paper every time whereas when you're doing something like a book printed it's not it's very different it, you're you're in the hands of hands of the gods to a certain extent um, it's a total dark art. I think most people would probably agree. So the ability to be able to see your images and see which ones need adjusting, lightness, darkness, or as you say, just change the scale so that it it, it alters the impact that it's having on the on the sequence. Yeah, that, that you know, as you say, it's, it was a very important, probably the most important stage in Good, publishing. Yeah. And I I hadn't done this before. I've got no mentor yeah. to, to to guide me through the process either. So. Um, that was quite interesting, and, and even when you know the, the books arrived um, from the printer late one night, I think they misjudged the distance between where they were printed and how much time it took to arrive up here. So, the the guy who carried the books up here in the back of a van arrived about ten o'clock one evening, and we loaded all the boxes out of his van into my room, and I kind of opened the first box and. Looked at the fan and thought, "This is it. You know, I'm committed." Yep. That, yeah, <laughs> and, Two... and that was <laughs> that was a nervous point because you know 
if I wasn't happy with it, if I was unhappy with it, then there was no stepping back. Well, that's it. Yeah, too too late to turn back at that point. But uh, but yeah, I suppose once you've seen that, once you've seen the proof copy, then you're always going to be fairly confident and comfortable in terms of what you're what you're going to get and and what you'll see see again. And I suppose if you were to if you were to do it again, is there anything you think you would change in the process, be it design or the physical element or or any aspect of it? I I probably have a photo cover. I've got um, a, a really nice cloth cover with with um, yep. debossed um, foil, which yep. which I, I I actually quite like. But I think maybe maybe I'd have a a, a photo cover. Um, I I would do another one. It's you know even I thought the kind of fulfillment stage because I sell it through my website, and um, you know I package them all up and send them all out. And I thought that would be quite labour intensive, but actually, because you know I've sold them mostly to my online audience, it's been a fairly steady flow of sales and quite yeah. quite achievable. That's that's not been onerous at all. Um, so I've I've even enjoyed that kind of fulfilment process, yes. getting getting down to the post office. Who who they know me very well in the post office now. I can imagine they must be dreading you walk in and thinking, my goodness, another big parcel here. We've got to weigh this one out and. Uh, then you get the usual shipping label and all these sorts of things out. But no, I think I think it's all a learning process. And if you do it again, as you see, you can you can pick up and you can reflect on what you did the last time, what you think worked well, and you go in with it, a bit of knowledge. So even before you get your proof copy back, you've got a better understanding of how images might look on the page and a, and a better feel for how for how it will flow and how it will work. And you've been through the process of of working with a printer to to see what paper choices might work for your work. Yes, and that was really good. I did approach a couple of um, um, publishers um, b- before I decided to to self publish, and, and and you know I didn't I didn't get much love to be quite honest. So I uh, thought actually I'll do this myself. I'm quite capable of it. <laughs> yeah, excellent stuff. And as as you know, my the podcast is all about photo books, lots and lots of photo books. So I'm I'm always really quite interested to to get a, a favorite selection from my guests. So it'd be great if you could maybe share four or five of your favorite photo books uh, from other photographers. So I'll hand over to yourself. Right, thank you. So I'm going to start with um, a, a recently um, published book. Actually, somebody you've recently interviewed yep. as well. Yeah, um, Sandra. And, uh, or Tocha and her beautiful, beautiful book, uh, Lise. If I yep. pronounce that right, I'm not quite sure. And I think this sets sets the gold standard in terms of quality for, for books. It really is everything from um, the paper she's selected, the 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 images are absolutely stunning, consistently stunning all the way through. Yeah. Um, I love the layout. Um and and the the the, the colours the fonts she's used, um, it's an absolute pleasure. Oh, and it smells nice. I think it's very important that a book smells nice. Yeah. Um, to be quite honest, and you know, books have to be for me. They're very tactile. I I don't I don't read a, a Kindle. I like the physicality of a book. Likewise. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think there's 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 something we will never lose. You know, uh, about the uh, about reading, um as long as we start keep publishing paper yeah. paper versions and this is a lovely this this just feels nice you know the size is good um i look all the way through so i think sandra's book um i don't have a second book yet her, her 
rhythms of nature than you yes. will get. But this is an absolute gem. And I, I, I love these. That's really good. good. For my second book, I'm going to go to somebody who um, I really loved his work because I started, as I mentioned earlier, my, my photography in the early days was very much travel photography. And somebody who I absolutely admired his work just for get, getting that amazing emotional impact um, in terms of um, travel photography and documentary photography was um, Steve McCurry. Yeah. So I've um, Bonnie McCurry, A Life in Pictures, which is a, an amazing, um, amazing book. And it's one of those books you can go back to time oh, and time again. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's the most famous image in there, the the, the Afghan um, yes. The Afghan girl, Afghan girl, and he's got the picture of her when he took her in 1984, I think, and again when he went back to photograph the same yep. in 2002. And amazing to see, you know, um, how those changes in life has gone. But yeah. there's there's so many pictures that work on an emotional level in that book. Yeah, um, yeah, ab- absolutely, and yeah, the the subject matter as well. There, there's such a strong emotional connection. Yeah. There is. Um, so that's that's my, my second one. My third one is um Sebastian Salgado's Genesis. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. Um black and white imagery at absolute best. But it's um a photographic homage to our planet in its natural state. So the theme really resonates with me as well. I worked in conservation for right. many, many years. And um it's just how he gets such incredible quality and lighting from every single place he goes to in the world. It's it's 200 uh, ecosystems or something he's visited here. And that's another great tomb as well. It's a very, very weighty volume. So even when you've read it, you can work out with it as well. Because it weighs about... Three yeah. kilos or something. Yeah, it's a book. It's a book that's been mentioned several times on on the podcast. It seems to be very, very popular. So, um, at some point, I'll need to pick it up. Yes. Yeah. Um, my next book, actually, if I may go slightly off piste, isn't a photography book, but it's right. a book that really inspires my photography. Okay. And it's a book that I keep going back to from time time again it's called the secret lives of color by cassia sinclair um i have the paperback version there was a hardback version published um and i it's a really tactile book i love the layout right they're all it's a description of 75 different shades of color brilliant and even the spine of the book is is graded in the different colors of what it's talking about so it's it's a the book itself is like a work of art but it's very inspiring because um you mentioned color in my photography before i'm very much informed by color so this book is like a i I look at this book and i can i can look at a a page you know and and it um there's there's colors i can't even pronounced really um yeah. and i've never heard of so it's one i go back to the secret lives of color lovely book and lastly i'll go back to the current book i'm reading which was gifted to me by a very good friend recently and it's um guy Tal's more than a rock all right yep 
And I mention that because not only is the photography fantastic, but he's one of the best writers of photography um, I find at the moment. He's really, really good. He's, his messages are really profound. He writes in a very um, eloquent way. Um, it, it's it's written um, in, in such a deep way that I go back and reread and reread a chapter to yep. get more out of it, more than a rock um, guy. That's, a, that's another Road. I'm a, a great a great selection there. It's it's always nice to see a few new few new books and just to see what uh, what appeals to you. Obviously, there's some in there that are not strictly photography photography related, particularly when you're talking about secret lives of color. But I can see how that connects in, into the work that you work that you produce when when you look at the the sheer variety and range of colors that uh, that, that that you work with. So it, it's always it's always really fascinating to to see what books other people buy other people read because you know, there's only so many books one person can have and mm. for me i don't necessarily buy all i don't i don't buy all the books and um, but it opens your eyes up to new photographers new artists new ideas new approaches new ways of thinking new ways of looking at things and and that's part that's part of the enjoyment as well thank you yes yeah really um i always look at the list you you have at the yeah, the books. to see what books people have chosen and actually go in and see see which ones I can look at and inspire me to go out and purchase myself. Yeah, that that's it. And there's always there's books. Is is I don't shoot portraits people at all, but there's a number of some of my favourite books that I've bought probably in recent times have been suggestions uh, from speaking to people on the podcast. Um, and I I still enjoy, and still enjoy the subject. I still love looking at the portraiture photography, even though it's not something I. Have a, a particular interest in shooting myself, so um, yeah, it, it's great from that perspective. And I think there's something about the printed medium as well that yeah. really, really works. It's so refreshing rather than just looking at digitized ones and zeros all the time. There's something about yeah. well, that, that, an image. Ab- absolutely, there's a there's a there's a very different experience, and it's it's presented in a way that the photographer wants the work to be viewed, as opposed to scrolling through a website. Um, when you're maybe restricted by a grid or there's restrictions on how you can do it or the thought process is different and you've not got the same control. And yeah, on, on paper, it's very different. It's f- physical. It is. And, and and the other thing is when you're looking at a book, generally you've purchased the book. So yep. the, 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 the author isn't trying to have that impactful sort of feel to, to get you to download or purchase or whatever. You've already made that step. Yeah. So it's a much more intimate relationship, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on on that note, David, I'd just like to thank you very much for your time. It's it's really been a pleasure uh, chatting to you about about your work, about the book, about Shoreline as well. Um, and hopefully, maybe at some point, I'll be able to catch up with you in person on the Thumberland coastline, um, and you can take me to show some of these uh, these amazing rocks because the the colours, patterns, and and textures are beautiful. Yeah, that would be fantastic. And you're welcome to join me. I can take you to some of my secret locations. Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks very much, David. Cheers. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.